trying to figure out, you know, how did they do that back? Because it doesn't look like CGI. No, it, like, it wasn't. It shows like all the dents bumping out and like reforming right. itself. Yep. So I thought that was really interesting. Well, they destroyed 20 cars in the making of this movie. Very you couldn't even be, if you were a 17 year old guy and you didn't even have a car, you weren't even in the game. But then the teacher comes and then the teacher grabs the bully. And right. Like, that's something you cannot do today. Hello, welcome to The Real Generation Gap. My name is Shane Schuldmeyer. I'm Fred Satelli. And today we're reviewing John Carpenter's Christine. Before we dive into this review, please make sure to give us a like, comment, and subscribe. And let's get right into it. This movie, once again, had everything. Romance, <laughs> monster car, right? Really cool cars, fantastic soundtrack, all solid rock and roll. The oh, that's debatable, but I mean... I like I like the soundtrack, but I think that a lot of the songs were probably a lot cooler back in the day. And now I see many of these songs that were used, like the opening song, Bad to the Bone. Right. That's uh, like for some reason I get like Cialis commercial or something in my head. Like it's just <laughs> Yeah, so I think funny. you're right about that. Right? <laughs> not, yeah. I think they did use that, didn't they? Yeah. It's just like a corny old person song now, which I'm sure when it, it, it first it came is. out, they're all corny old person songs. I'm sure they're, when it first came out, though, I'm like, oh, this is a bad song. This is a like a cool that song, song. exploded yeah. to number one. I mean, it, it <laughs> yeah. was it was really. It, I mean, it made a superstar out of George Thorogood overnight, mm -hmm. and uh, it was certainly appropriate for this movie. Yeah, you know, I picked this movie because it's not really a hot rod movie, mm -hmm. but a demon car. Mm -hmm. And there was there was a car culture in America that you can't even imagine. Yeah. When I grew up, everybody had these cars. They were on the street, big giant Cadillacs and Lincolns and super heavy, heavy Mopar, big blocks all over and, the place. And kids in high school had these cars? Absolutely. You so, should have seen the parking lot. My, you know the blue car? The, mm -hmm. the blue Dodge Charger? That, was a, that, that car was the coolest car in the How movie, in my opinion. How sweet was that, right? Yeah. My homeroom teacher had that car. Yeah. Mr. Grote drove so to school in that, a Dodge Charger that like that. in itself is kind of a commentary on at least the economy of today. Because when I was in high school, if you had a car, which was cool, your parents were either rich and they bought you a new car, or you kind of had like some 1990-something Toyota Civic. Or Oh, you know. that's so sad. Yeah, no that one really had so cool cars. You know, maybe the, the one rich kid had a cool car, but not really. Not many kids had cars. And if you did, it wasn't the coolest thing ever, but it was cool that you had a car. For me, so everybody I, had a car. So that's very and you interesting. You couldn't even be, if you were a 17 year old guy and you didn't even have a car, you weren't even in the game. Yeah, and that's kind of where the movie starts with uh, Ernie, right? He, right? he doesn't have a car. Yeah, he's, he's the nerd kid. His cool friend has yeah. the cool car. Yeah. And he falls in love with this really piece of garbage car. Which, uh, uh, for a story, I like where it starts where. The, the coolest jock kid is friends with the nerd. Like, right. They don't yeah. have to build a relationship. We start, they're friends already. You can tell they have yep. chemistry, they have a history. Um, I really like that for a starting of a story because, you know, typically we're so used to seeing the jock speeding up on the nerd. Well, see, in previous reviews, you didn't realize the community, right? Everybody picked on that kid. He got bullied, but look who his friend was. Mm -hmm. He survived it, didn't he? And boy, <laughs> did he. He turned into a demon himself. I think the movie maybe had a little bit, uh, it was a little corny at times, you know, but it's a movie about was, a killer car. <laughs> it was a corny time. Yeah. I just wanted you to see it. I want everybody else to see it. 
And my friends that are my age, when I told them that I was going to review this movie, they all pumped their fist. You know, they're, oh, dude, that's so great. Yeah, that, oh, I love that movie. The thing that goes right hand in hand with that was how loose employment was. Okay. Here's the kid wants to work at the garage where they had the car. And did you notice the garage? That guy had this great big garage and he rented space to guys yeah. to make a living. Yeah. I he says, this yeah. is a really, these guys are making a living. They're not fooling around here. Mm-hmm. You watch yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and when I was growing up, I had a guy called me Sonny Boy. Mm-hmm. You'll see, Sonny Boy, you'll see. Mm-hmm. And I had to make my bones too. I had to work hard and, and prove myself as a mechanic and everything. Mm-hmm. So I could identify with that character that way. Yeah. When you were the low man on the totem pole, in fact, when I, at one point, one of the older guys at the shop, he said, look, Fred, you're the kid. You're always going to be the kid as long as you work here. you got to change jobs. you got to become a journeyman now. you got to go someplace, tell them that you have a year or two experience now, and instead of $3 an hour, you want $5 an hour because yeah. this guy's never going to give it to you because you're the kid. Yeah. So I did. I went somewhere, and they said, yeah, we could use a guy like you, prep guy. You know, not, you know, you're not an expert yet. Yeah. I couldn't do the chassis or do the welding. Mm-hmm. but yeah. And then when I went to that job... There was an old guy there who I did him a couple of favors working overtime, you know, helping him through some mm-hmm. stuff. And he said, all right, you did this for me. He, he said, you did this for me? He goes, what can I give you? And I said, hey, we're just two guys working. And he said, you don't want any money? And I said, no, nah, not from you. And he said, all right, then I'm going to teach you how to weld. And boy, did he. That's cool. I welded That's everything like the in the shop too, together. Yeah. You know, when they came in Monday morning, the yeah. junk pile was all welded together. That's you know. cool. So it's that's kind of like, like the, the movie too, because he's like he gets you know he gets into the the shop, and he's going through this guy's junk pile, and he's like, hey, like you got to start sweeping around the shop. You know, I'm not going right. to charge you, but like you got to put in some sweat around the shop. He says, put some toilet paper on the roll. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I I had a I had an intimate relationship with my local junkyard. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. and that's how it was. Everything was a lot looser. And you pointed out a real good thing. When the guys had a fight in shop class? Yeah, I was going to get to that. That was my favorite scene. Talk about so, it. So there's, so there, the bully is picking on the nerdy kid. And this is before he gets Christine and he gets cooler. But the bully is picking on the nerdy kid. He's got a switch knife. Um, and everyone's like, put the knife away. Then the, the jock comes to back up his nerd friend. And uh, he sends some other kids like, go get the teacher or whatever. So anyways, the bully ends up, you know, picking on him, pushing him around and stuff. But then the teacher comes, and then the teacher's, like, lecturing the bully. I forgot what he says, but basically the teacher grabs the bully. And right. Like, that's something you cannot do today. Yeah. You Look, smartass. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if your teachers grabbed you and stuff back in your day in high school. And, like, they were they, were they more physical with you guys? Or? Well, let me put it to you this way. Yeah. My, my auto shop teacher was named Frankie Stellatella. Okay. Like and they that. called him the bear, but okay. you didn't. Okay. And when guys got in fights, because that's, that's like this, a side of the school where you would get in a fight, mm-hmm. right? Like you go out in the back. Yeah. And uh, when that was going to happen, he said to one kid, he goes, go ahead. You just go out there, get a few blows in, and I'll come out and break it up. Get a few blows yeah. in. Get, right? it, get it started. <laughs> right. I got, so you could never do something like that now, but. It was a big difference. I feel time. like now they're not even allowed. I mean, I could be wrong. I feel like, but now they're not even allowed to intervene, you know? Like oh, they're not yeah. not allowed oh. to even touch kids fighting. They're supposed to, you know. Right, they call the police. Yeah, exactly. 
So that was kind of cool that they portrayed that. Yeah. And uh, of course, the, the, the bully had his two cohorts mm-hmm. and they picked on the weak kid. Mm-hmm. But once the demon car came into his life, yeah. the demon car went after those guys. And I, another small detail I like about the demon car is when it's in demon mode, like its, it's windows are tinted. Right. I, and when it's like, yeah. Christine, the pretty car, it's got clear windows. That's like, another thing I want to bring up. Back in, back in the 60s, when I had my first car, there was no such thing as tinted windows. Hmm. And you, you rolled your windows down. You wanted people to see you in the car. Yeah. You were in there. You're, you're, on, the, you know, you're on your big yeah. bench seat. You got this. Some guys used to sit in the middle, in mm-hmm. the middle of the bench. And, and drive with their hand, their left hand on the wheel, like they're in the middle of the car. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? Just trying to show off or yeah. like peacocking a little yeah, bit? You, or... Oh, you were the king of that, you know. This, yeah. you know, And uh, you would ride around, you know, down, up and down Main Street or around the park or something like that. And you wanted people to see you in your yeah. car. Now this whole, like, weird gangster thing with the black windows, I don't gangster. get it. It's not gangster. They don't, they don't it's a see privacy me. thing. I don't want well, you to look inside my car. I don't want you to see me. What What's kind of weird paranoid punk stuff is it's that? Not paranoid. You are the, the hero. If I'm you, just chilling in my car, I don't want people to be able to see me. Why is that that's gangster? That's sad. That's sad. Why is it sad? Oh, man. You want some privacy? What if I'm picking my nose? If I don't what want if people I'm to see me, I go brushing home. Brushing my hair. I don't want people brushing to look at me. Oh, man. What if I'm, you know, getting ready? What if I'm changing between jobs or something? Now, here... It's privacy. Little tiny girls drove these cars. So you get like a 110-pound cheerleader driving a great big Buick, full-size Buick Electra with a 455 Wildcat engine, mm-hmm. with giant velour seats. She's driving to school. It's her father's car. Oh, go ahead, kid. Take the car. It wasn't like you had to be a big, strong man, you know, yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah. these kids all had this. They had luxury cars. You know, I had one friend who, he had a Cadillac in school like that. He said, if it's not a Cadillac, I wouldn't drive it. You know, and that was a, that was a cliche then. Mm. Yeah, right? is that's funny, too, because Cadillacs are like bottom of the barrel now, I feel like. Oh, it was no the, one it, wants the a Cadillac. Cadillac was the Cadillac of cars Unless back in Cadillac. Escalade, no one wants a Cadillac. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just when I say the school parking lot, you had to see some of this stuff, you know, big, heavy, big block Mopars and all that kind of stuff. Kids had it. GTOs. Here was a kid who fell in love with a really piece of junk car, mm-hmm. but it had a big backstory. Yeah, big backstory as in it's alive and uh, somehow it possesses its owner and turns them evil. Right. Or corrupts their mind. But... um I didn't find that that interesting, but uh, I did like the special effects for the time, like where the the car uh, heals itself. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I was trying to figure out, you know, how did they do that back? Because it doesn't look like CGI. No, it, like, it wasn't. It shows like all the dents bumping out and like reforming right. itself. Yep. So I thought that was really interesting. Well, they destroyed twenty cars in the making of this movie. That's cool. And what they did, well, I mean, to, what they did to have it repair itself was they had hydraulics inside the car that pulled everything in. Mm-hmm. So when you saw a dent go in, when they made the movie, they showed it in reverse. Okay. So the dents that were getting sucked in and the They're bumper that was getting crushed it in, after, yeah. it was getting pulled in with hydraulics. Yeah. And then they just ran the film backwards. So the once perfect car that they they created this thing where it destroyed itself then you showed it backwards yeah. and that was a real great way to yeah. do that and the best moment of that was 
when the car was really destroyed, when the hooligans smashed up the kid's car, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted to get revenge on him. They went in the garage and beat up his car at night. The next day he went in and when he saw the destroyed car, he knew that the car could fix itself. Yeah. And he said, he looked back at it and he said, show me. Show me, yeah. And all of a sudden the headlights came on and the tires inflated. Yeah. And so that was all stuff that was done in reverse, right? And all of a sudden, the crumpling, all the crumpled stuff, the mm-hmm. windshield cleared up. Yeah. You know, and it was all nice. Now, one of the things that was that was in that regard that was kind of dopey was the police came and said, how did you fix this car so fast? My thing was, he said, this car wasn't involved. Mm-hmm. It's obvious the car doesn't have any dents or scratches or anything. It, you got the wrong guy. Yeah. But he said, oh, it was just a lot of hard work. Like he restored yeah. the car in one day. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of like a, they could have played that a little yeah. different. I feel like there's no internal struggle with them realizing the car's alive. They kind of all just accept that real quick and easy. Right. Including after, the cop. Right. After a while, something's wrong here. Yeah. They're not mm-hmm. like, there's no way the, the car's alive. But they all just like, oh, it's the car. Right, you know, you know, something's like, oh, wrong. Yeah. Something's wrong here. There's the cop talking to yeah. him in the scene, right? Now, it's when the car decided to go after the three hooligans, the bullies, because now the kid with the nerdy kid, he had tape on his glasses, but now he didn't anymore. Mm-hmm. He didn't have glasses. You notice he had a high roll? He, mm-hmm. he started, right? He's starting to have that kind of a shirt and everything. He was becoming, he's talking back to his parents. Yeah. You know, he, he, he wasn't punk. humble anymore. Yeah. He's becoming possessed. When the car went after the three guys that destroyed it, Mm-hmm. To me, that was just like a Charlie Bronson death wish thing, hmm. you know, like how he went after those people that attacked his family. Mm-hmm. Right now, the car was going to get those guys in a gruesome, gruesome way. Yeah. And he really did. And the scene where they, you know, the gas, the gas station wasn't even a real gas station in Hollywood. They just built that and okay. blew it up. Yeah. But because it was, was a fun scene. The movie too. was made in Los Angeles County, mm-hmm. you know, but. Yeah, but when they had the thing where the car was completely engulfed in flames and was still chasing that yeah. kid. And then when it ran him over and he was just laying there smoldering in flames, that was the real. That's when you knew it was the car from hell. So did that's, you notice that the color of Christine's exterior changes slightly throughout the film? Uh, that symbolizes her moods. Did you notice that? I, I really didn't. Um, it's the, supposed the, to be the, more vibrant red when it's more when it's more of a sinister possessed state. That's what I found. Well, I like what you pointed out that when there was no driver and it was just the car out on its own, the windows were all blacked out. Right. And then when Arnie was, it was in gangster mode, as you would say. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden it became, you know, well, overall I thought it was going to be kind of a, one of those like boring, long dragged out eighties movies that there are plenty of like Pritzi's honor that just never ends. Um, but, uh, this movie actually moved at a much better pace than I expected. Preetie's Honor's a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, this, this moved along pretty good. Um, so it, I, I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Did you, did you make a kill count? How many people did it get? No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. seven, <laughs> killed seven, seven people, yeah. Okay. You it, recommended this overall, what, what do you, what do you rank this film? Uh, I give it a six. Six. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I love it, and I know lots of people who do. But um, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't push any boundaries. There was no big social commentary. Yeah. There was nothing much to think about, and that's what it's just a fun movie. It was yeah. a really fun movie that you could, yeah. you know, just watch and relax yeah. and fall asleep in front of or whatever. Yeah. Kind of a date movie. Yeah, I give it a six as well. It's like one of those movies like 
I didn't hate the passing of time while I was watching it, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't go back to watch it again. Right. Well, I've watched it multiple times. <laughs> Great movie in its, in its kind. Mm-hmm. Thanks again for watching The Real Generation Gap. My name's Shane Schildmeyer. I'm Fred Satilli. And this has been a review of Christine. Thanks again for watching The Real Generation Gap. Please give us a like, comment, and a subscribe. Give us a comment on what you think is the best Stephen King movie. Did you like Christine? Have you seen Christine? Are you going to check out Christine? Um, Have you ever had a car that has given you spooky vibes? (laughs) Um, And check us out on Spotify or any other place that you find podcasts. Thanks again.